Coming soon to theaters. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. A world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. Got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now, because I've been to the mountaintop. I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Welcome to the Drew World Order, a subsidiary, not really, of the New World Order. It has been some time, uh, three weeks, while a new episode is among us, there is going to be some changes to the Drew World Order, uh, and we're going to get to that here in just a little bit, but it, uh, it's kind of a special time of the year, uh, the independence, how many people really celebrate you know, the whole fireworks aspect and the coming together of friends, family, um, just the celebration of independence in this country. I don't know how many people actually know what it's about, but that's something we'll dive into today. Um, so I've had a lot of time to think since the previous episode, and I've come across some very knowledgeable people in the podcast game. And I'm fortunate enough to be bringing one of those people on. We talked a little bit last time about what 
my background is, why I'm interested in this stuff, and why I think it is important. That's what I do well. What I don't do all that well, um, in my opinion, and this is something I hope to improve upon, and this is where Nico Masters comes in. I had an English teacher when I was a sophomore in high school. His name was Mr. Westerman. And he always told me the importance of shooting down your argument in order to test its validity. And if your argument can withstand having, you know, its complete case exposed, shot down, prosecuted, um, persecuted, whatever, and if, if it could withstand that test, then you've got a pretty solid argument. So I had a listener, and I'm very grateful to this listener uh, that is now officially a co-host and I consider kind of a producer and more importantly, a friend. Uh, I was grateful enough to come across a listener who enjoyed the show. Even the not so awesome aspects of the show, even possibly the sh aspects of the show where I might've been recording in my car on my phone's uh, microphone. Um, we've come a long way since then. And I think with Nico's guidance, we're gonna transform the show even more. But what I'm attempting to say is, this is the episode where Dorothy gets a makeover. And that's the Kansas Dorothy, the Oz Dorothy, getting a New York makeover. <laughs> there you go. That movie, we'll, we'll go into that a little bit more. Um, so what I thought was fascinating about Nico Masters uh, is the fact that he's from New York. And how many podcasts out there do you get to experience a Kansas perspective thrown into a blender with a New York perspective? I've never been to New York. Nico was just blowing my mind about uh, how firework stands are non-existent in New York. And I've been working a firework stand this week. So that to, ha to have my awareness blown open that much um, is something that I enjoy on a daily basis because my perception about all of fireworks has now changed. But I think that's kind of the goal of this show. So without him even have saying one word as of yet, he's already transformed the show a thousand percent. So what I do well, I have all kinds of weird random facts, um, you know, information, knowledge from shamans, from UN white papers, from declassified documents, from everywhere. What I don't do all that well and what Nico's going to help me with is to pull that crap together and to cite my sources and to eradicate and you know kind of weave through the bullshit because there is a lot of bullshit out there so having said that nico masters welcome to the drew world order thanks for having me thank you for uh for being here dude um i just want to turn this time over to you and i guess the floor is yours my friend um what uh if you talk about anything you want talk about why you were interested and what you can talk about anything you want my friend all right my mind's going a thousand miles an hour right now uh, i'm excited but the floor is yours i am here at your assistance right now wow. how about it all right i wasn't really to ready to talk on my own, but I just introduced myself. Um, That's Nico, a start. And uh, I'm not, not nearly as knowledgeable 
in a lot of these topics that you talk about? You know, I search around on, on the web and I, I read about these things a little bit, just kind of around the edges, and I always found it interesting. But, uh, you know, when I listen to you, you obviously have a lot of knowledge about these things. And I have, and when I listen to your podcast, sometimes I said, hey, wait, what was he talking about there? You kind of skipped over things. And I felt myself wanting to say, wait, what, what was that? You know, and, and I figured maybe I could come in and just kind of ask some questions, give a different perspective and join in with you and uh, we'll see where it goes. Uh, like the first thing, okay, so the last episode we talked about 9-11. Um, I think I'd just like to spend like a few minutes and talk about, it, it's, you don't mean to, I don't mean to like come from some of that stuff or information or as from a like a heartless point of view, it's like terrifying to think that there's a rogue force that has infiltrated our very way of life and, you know, sits in the Oval Office, controls, you know, all three branches of government. That, that's terrifying. Um, and I think that a lot of this stuff, like trying to expose and, and get that information out is from that standpoint where like, listen, our very way of life is is being threatened. Uh, what do you think about that? I mean, because it, it is very easy for people to be like, dude, that's heartless to say that, you know, people within our own government did this and killed our own citizens. Well, uh, it's, I don't certainly mean for it to be heartless. It's very concerning to me and it's alarming and it, it it's, it's sad, you know, it really does like it irks yeah. at your heartstrings, but uh, now, now there's, there's a lot of different theories on what happened on 9-11. Now, some people say that they think there was bombs in the building on every floor exploding on the way down. I, I worked in Manhattan doing construction. 25 years I work on these buildings. Have you ever seen them do demolition, you know, uh, an implosion on a city building? Yes. The amount of prep time that that takes for them to strip down to the steel Okay, all of the steel is wrapped on those buildings. There's probably 50,000 people a day working in that building. It would take a year of emptying that building, running wires, getting to the steel, it, it, setting that up is actually, in my mind, impossible. Now, did the government know? that there was a possible attack and they turned their back because they wanted to go to war? Maybe. I don't know if they knew it was gonna be that bad, but in my mind from working on those buildings and being in that city and, and knowing what it would take to implode that building, I cannot imagine it. That is, that is the weight of 20 floors and the way that building was constructed is, is a little abnormal where they wanted an open floor. So all the structures on the back, you get 20 floors pancaking. It's amazing how straight it went down. Yeah. I get that. But for them to plant bombs on all of the steel on that building, that's all wrapped in sheetrock in three layers, double five. It's, it's impossible. Okay. Let me ask you a question. In my, what, what, in what my is, opinion. What's the shelf life on like, those demolition charges. Is it possible that they built that building with that stuff in it? In the 70s, yeah. they built that building 
is it? I mean, and had it and had it all wired up. Yes, because I've heard people talk about that too. That is, I mean, cannot is, imagine that. Imagine that they planned this forty something, fifty years ago, and had that all. I I can't I can't imagine. Okay. Now again, I've I'm. I'm open to the idea that where the government turned their back and let this attack ha- attack happen because I know, you know, that, that Bush and Cheney wanted to go to war and they were looking for an excuse. Oh, and yeah. I've heard things where they said, you know, there were some things where they knew guys had planes and, they, you know, they kind of shipped. So that I, I could see maybe them allowing an attack or even maybe giving the okay on an attack. But, but the, the building being wired up to me, Seems almost impossible. I actually worked on the um, the World Trade Center Museum, down in the basement of the building. No I, I did. I did the whole memorial. Yeah, pretty neat. I have some rocks inside that are from the where the original World Trade Center is about seventy feet below ground. Those buildings go way, way down. You got to go all the way down till you hit the bedrock. And when you go way down in that basement, which is where the museum is, they excavated this area down where you could see where the, the original steel of the World Trade Center is bolted into the bedrock. Dang. And they excavated that, and they were going to put glass in as part of the museum. So when I was working there, I climbed down, and I reached over, and I grabbed a piece of the bedrock that was touching the steel coming out of the building right where they cut it. And I got a, got a couple of chunks in the other room from down there. No shit. Yeah. It was, an, it was a neat job to do. So I was there, I was there working the day that... Um, I was there the day Osama bin Laden was killed, and I came up out of the subway early in the morning. Like uh, I would get there at around six in the morning, and you came up out of the subway over to the, near the trade center area, and I just heard all kinds of noise and ah, people like something was going on. There was lights and everyone, like, what is going on here, you know? And then I heard people were walking around the streets, hooting and hollering and celebrating. That was kind of a cool day. And then on the 10th anniversary, when uh, President Obama came to do his speech, we were still working in the basement. Now, we weren't able to work that day, but just me and the foreman came in. And, uh, of course, they had to bring the dogs through, the bomb-sniffing dogs and all of that stuff to check out the site. And we had to lock up all the tools and everything. And we use a lot of powder-actuated tools that any bomb sniffing dog is going to smell them so we had to put them all in one box and then uh cia or whoever it is came through the building and i walked through the basement with them and boom opened the boxes up let them sniff everything checked everything out boom we closed up at about 10 o'clock or so 11 it was just me and the one foreman came in and then i could have actually stayed and watched the speech but i'm in the city all the time i'm taking the day off so i walked them through we locked everything up they locked the door and i, I took off and went home what, okay so I'm sure. What did you like think when you, as a somebody who's in construction, what did it look like when those buildings fell? Like, did you have you, you've seen the videos that look like there are charges coming out the sides of the building? It, right? it does. It does. I say, you know, you're you're boom boom boom. Yeah. You're pancaking down. What you know? about uh, like they said that there were explosions in the lobby too before prior to the planes or right when the planes had hit. I mean, does that make sense to you? I've never seen any explosions in the lobby and i've seen videos of people running around in the lobby that you know before it, you see all the guys down there mm-hmm. so I don't, I don't know about that now the other building 
what was that, Tower 7? Seven. Seven? Yeah, World Trade Center that 7. That one's kind of odd. And Silverstein um, even agreed, like he admits on air that, you know, there's been such a tremendous loss of life, we should just pull the building. Uh, yeah, that one's kind of hard to explain. So um, if that one yeah, – oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I don't really – you know, I mean, there wasn't a lot of damage to that building. Now, fire – you know, these buildings are all connected underneath. I'm not saying I know what's going on. And all that structure is down low. You, If you get enough heat – enough people who say a steel building can't fall from, from fire. It can. Heat weakens steel. If you have enough weight and you heat steel enough, it's going to buckle. Now, the Trade Center itself, those guys knew what they were doing. They hit it right at about the 80th floor. That means you've got 20 floors of weight overhead. Okay. You've got jet fuel burning at, what, 3,000 degrees, something like that? So you blow a hole into the shell, and you knock out that steel. Now you've got 3,000 degrees. Once one goes, bang, you got that weight. It's da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And that, when we, would that do, like, basically in free fall speed, too? The speed, I mean, I don't know about the speed. I mean, once anything's, anything's going to fall at the same speed, it doesn't matter if you drop a 100-pound item or a 500-pound item, right? In the laws of whatever, say everything's going to fall at the same speed. Yeah, without any, like, basically resistance or whatnot. So, okay, so well, you mentioned the planes. Let me, like, first and foremost say, like, It was not, definitely planes. Oh, yeah, like know? the people that say, like, oh, they were holograms. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, no. that, that just is makes the rest of the people who have like legitimate questions seem like assholes you know i right. mean to say that like now i'm not saying that project blue beam doesn't exist because project blue beam does exist but to and what project is that that's basically uh, yeah they have they can use harp and other technology to project like holograms in the sky mm. uh god there's that that blue norway spiral a few years ago that somebody You've seen pictures of that. They, they say that's yes. Project Blue Beam. Uh, right. I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt that they have things like that that they're experimenting with. But, I mean, a hologram is not going to take out a building. You know? Yeah. Uh, so I mean, that was an airplane. I mean, believe me, I worked in the area. There yes. were airplane parts on top of other buildings. I was working there, man, maybe a year or two after we were doing a building in Wall Street. You remember the Deutsch building? That was the other building that um, it took them like three years to take it down. They were going to knock it down, but nobody wanted to knock a building down after that. So they little by little were taking that building apart and gutting it. And we used to sit at lunchtime right near there with a bunch of laborers that were doing the demolition on that building. And years after, one guy was telling me that he found a body part in the building over there. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Okay, Horrible. so go back to, to World Trade Center 7. Let's say that they did have that building wired. How, could they have done that in an eight-hour span? Wired that building to blow? Eight hour span? Yeah, basically, didn't they pull it that night? They pulled it the night of uh, September 11th, right? You know, unfortunately, I don't know enough about that building. I mean, if, if the basement is all mechanical and it's not office space and all, because uh, you're not going to do that in office space, you're just not going to get to the steel. Um, a lot of the older buildings do have mechanical down in the basement. Now, all the newer buildings, because we know the floods are coming, any new buildings, all the mechanical work is usually on, you know how they don't have 13 floors, so for bad luck, it's usually right around the 13th floor, and if it's, you know, a 50-story building, they'll have a second one up higher. So there's no more mechanical down in the basement. 
because like when Hurricane Sandy came, that's why that whole thing, everything went dark because the basement floods. Oh, shit. Okay. And then boom, all your power's out. So if that's all, my, most of them have parking garages and things like that down there and the mechanical's about halfway up. But if that's an older building and it's just mechanical or parking garage, you know, maybe it's possible they get in there and they, they plant stuff. Well, in you saying that, like that building housed what Secret Service, FBI, CIA, basically, you know, high, high departments within the government. Uh, right. It, a lot of people, you know, theorized that that's where the operation was ran from and they just mm. pulled the building to cover up the evidence. Have you ever right. seen that photo of Cheney with his feet up on the desk, like during the 9 11 attacks? No, it's during 9 11. Yeah, like he's literally he's got his like he's got his foot up on his desk, like he, when he's watching the events transpire. I mean, I know he got a lot of shit for that, but I think that photo speaks volumes about the nature of Dick yeah. Cheney. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he's he's evil. Yeah, dude. That, I mean, he he wanted he wanted the war. Yeah, we know I, that. We know yeah. he wanted to go to war. And he even he wrote about it a year earlier in the project for a new American century. What do they say? The other theory is that they used like high energy beam weapons to bring those we uh, buildings down, like basically space weapons uh, using satellite and harp and some of the other technology. Have you ever read about the harp facility? Well, I mean, there was definitely airplanes at the building. Yeah. You oh, know? Okay. So what about uh, now? Luckily, could, could I wasn't there that day. Where were you on 9-11? I was actually working uh, out here on Long Island. I'm not always in the city. I live in Long Island, about 40 minutes in the city. And most of the time, uh, you know, my 20 years, probably a little more than half of it I spent in Manhattan. Sometimes I'm out here on the island. What's um, weird is, and, and, and I'm not saying that I had a premonition or anything, but I do remember I used to get off of work every day. And instead of me taking the subway to Penn Station, because if I jumped on the subway, I would get there and I would be there about 20, 30 minutes before my train left anyway. So instead of doing that, I used to just take a long walk. And I was used to take a different route every day and just kind of walk through the city, have myself a smoke, take my time and walk back to, uh, to Penn Station and head home. So I'm, I'm walking along one day and I, I remember walking along. I was probably good and high and I'm, I'm looking up at these buildings, you know, and I'm just looking up at them. It, it's pretty fucking amazing when you stand next to them. And I remember saying to myself, man, one day something really bad is going to happen here, you know, and just sitting there and imagining what it would be like to see one of these come down and saying to myself, man, I just hope I'm not here when it happens. time I wasn't sure how to love again but anchor definitely changed that for me I'll tell you why and I'll tell you how I'll tell you where why and who well I already mentioned who best thing about anchor it's free it's easy it has everything you need to make a podcast in one place so why would it not teach me how to love again you can record it and edit it they will distribute it for you 
That's right. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, wherever. They will do it. And you can make money from it. This is a semi-mandatory call to action because I do not believe in the manipulation of free will. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm to get started. Thank you. Neither the United States of America nor the world community of nations can tolerate deliberate deception and offensive threats on the part of any nation, large or small. those tapes still and like it just puts me in shock man i mean you just can't imagine the trauma and that yeah. that's just watching him from kansas uh are there a lot of new yorkers that have questions about like the legitimacy of what they say happened that day that have opinions on what happened yeah like that, that I, doubt the, the official story you know other than on the internet and stuff like that i've never heard one person talk about it as far as a conspiracy theory no shit. Never. never. Never even heard it mentioned on anybody working in the city or on the train or people talking. Or never heard a mention of it. Man, now I feel like an asshole being the armchair quarterback from Kansas. You know, you know it doesn't, doesn't, you know, I mean, it didn't happen. And again, I, I have my doubts about whether or not they, they let a terrorist attack happen. But the fact that it was a plane and the plane took that building down, in my mind, is indisputable. And I, I mean, I'm wholeheartedly agree that a plane did hit. I'm not one of those hologram people. Uh, what about the passport, Mohammed Atta's passport that they found? And basically the plane's destroyed, no evidence of bodies, anything like that, but somehow his passport survived and you know, they find it on top of the rubble. Yeah. I mean, crazy things happen. I suppose it's possible, you know? I mean, yeah. I think when that impact happens, Things blow all over the place. You know, it could have easily gotten, I mean, pretty amazing that they found it, but is it possible it survived? Yeah, because if it got blown right out of there, it's hard to imagine because when that thing hits, you're getting a big explosion. But some mm -hmm. things do eject mm -hmm. and fall down, and they combed through that rubble. I mean, for years, every little piece, they picked it up and they brought it to a factory and warehouse and they combed through it. And, now I just want to know, dude, how you're a Cowboys fan? Yeah. How, how are you a Cowboys fan living in Long Island, New York? <laughs> yeah, I know. People always people always ask me that, you know, they're like, how did you become a Cowboy fan growing up in New York? I'm 50 years old, so I grew up, I was born in 1968, right? So in the mid-70s, I was at that age, 9, 10, 11 years old. The Cowboys in the 70s, Roger Starbeck. Yep. Captain America, Captain Comeback, you know, the, the Dallas cheerleaders. They were the thing. And then I didn't, as a kid, I didn't sit home on Sunday afternoon and watch football. I was out playing. But there was a few times when we did watch. Every Thanksgiving, 
the entire family watch football. They've been on always the Thanksgiving. Cowboys. The Cowboys have been you know, on Thanksgiving Day that long. Forever. No since shit. I don't, you know, since, since I don't know when. It's so it was only a few times where I really sat home at that age and watched football. You know, it was occasionally Monday night football my dad would watch. We always watched as a family Thanksgiving, the Cowboys. And then right at 10, 11 years old, they were in the Super Bowl and played against the Steelers and lost both. Now, I've, by nature, I'm always an underdog kind of a guy. I mean, I grew up in New York. I hate the Yankees. Why? Because the Yankees won all the fucking time. It annoyed the shit out of me, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, eh, I know, I'd be a Yankee fan. Why? Because the Yankees always won, you know? I'd rather see the Mets win. I hate the Patriots because the Patriots have been winning so long. So I, I've often wondered that. I wonder if they would have won those two Super Bowls. I might not have been as big of a fan. I know that's strange to hear as I am because I watched, I knew them from Thanksgiving and they lost. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, they lost the Steelers. I wanted them to win. And they lost again. And ever since then, those are my first real memories of being devastated when they lost. So I've been a Cowboy fan since I was a little kid. We're like, wait, so have they always held America's t- like team title? Has that been a thing since before Jerry Jones, or does Jerry Jones just claim to? Oh, no, way before Jerry Jones. It okay. started. It started in the seventies when, uh, yeah. when Roger Starback was the quarterback, and one NFL Films guy, you know, they used to do those little NFL Films things, and one guy did one, and he just called it America's Team. And I think that came from it was you know Roger Starback was, you know, he was the war hero. They called him Captain America. I didn't you know, know they he called him Captain America. To, yeah, that was one of his nicknames, Captain Comeback. You know, he had Cowboys drafted him, and he was in—I believe he was in the Navy. So they drafted him, knowing they weren't even going to get him, and he went off to war for like four years. Damn. And then came back, and then became their quarterback, and and that kind of without uh-huh. Rogers Starback, I don't think the Cowboys are what they are today. He really created that aura of the Cowboys that started with him. Do you, uh, do you still want, I mean, do you watch the NFL every Sunday right now? Like currently? I watch, I never miss a Cowboy game. Is there, do you, do you feel like the game's changed in the last like five years specifically? It's changed. It's, it's, it's been changing gradually, you know, for years and years and years. It's still a great game. Some of, some of the penalty things, you know, get a little annoying. Some of them I agree with. It, it kind of is what it is. You know, these guys were getting brain damage, and, and these quarterbacks, they want them to be able to play longer. Game, the game's changed and evolved, but it's still a great game. Do you think it's been compromised at all? I, I don't like when, when a penalty determines the outcome of a game. I agree. Nobody likes that. I understand the blow to the heads and some of that stuff they have to take out and guys have learned how to hit and do it and be clean but every once in a while they like they it goes a little too far sometimes the one that drives me nuts and i think i mentioned this before is hands to the face on the quarterback okay i understand you can't intentionally punch the quarterback in the head i get that but when a, a pass rusher is coming in and they put their arm up like this to try and block the pass and then they swat, and you end up raising the gut side of the guy's helmet. You can't throw a flag on that. Especially, One play can turn the game. Yes. One it, play can de- t- determine a game. So you, the guy gets a nice sack, it's over, and all of a sudden, 15-yard penalty, first down, and they score. 
half of these games are determined by three points. That drives me nuts. Wow, they didn't call the holding penalty on the dude who was, you know, pursuing the quarterback. Like he's being held the entire time, you know, right. and he still gets to the quarterback, happens to brush his hands to the face. They don't call the holding, but they call the, you know. Yeah, and there's, there's a, you know, a little bit of holding on every play, but as long as you're not reaching out, you know, it is what it is. There's always going to be some uh, penalties. What did you think? What was it? Uh, do you think there's been some weird shit that has happened in Super Bowls and like? I'm just seeing stuff that I never saw in NFL games, you know, five, ten years ago. Uh, Marcus Peters, what, what did he say this year? He's like, I don't tackle because it's a business decision. Like, what? Right. Football, dude. That's your job is to tackle. Got to tackle. Yeah, I, I don't tackle, you're not going to live. Right? And, like, and who said that? Marcus Peters, that remember the former Chiefs cornerback? He's, really? the, he's with the Rams now. Like, right. I can't believe people are like that. I just can't believe athletes are saying that shit. Yeah. And then we shouldn't say that. And there are some cover corners. Like if you saw, you ever watched Deion Sanders? Play? Oh yeah, the most incredible athlete, the best corner I've ever seen when it comes to covering. He almost never tackled someone. No, didn't shit. happen. Very, very rarely. Once in a while, he'd come up and take a guy's legs out. But he was so good at covering. I mean, I've never seen a guy that could actually let a receiver get open. You know, and the NFL level, give him three steps to try and tease the quarterback into throwing the ball. Just bait him into and, it, huh? And be able to make up the speed and jump it and return it the other way. He was amazing. Okay, so th now it begs the question, who was the better super athlete, Bo Jackson or Deion Sanders? Deion? Probably Deion. Yeah, I'd say Deion too. Yeah. I mean, it, you happen to wonder, though, if Bo Jackson would have his injury today he'd still be playing probably, you know? Well, they're much better. What, what, what was that injury? Was it an ACL? So yeah, basically he had, what, was it both hips replaced or he had a hip replacement? Uh, hip? Yeah. I mean, I was yeah. listening to a Graham Hancock interview the other day. He, it's been six weeks since at the time he had had his hip replaced and he was running, you know, yeah. Bo Jackson, it ruined his career. Right. Uh, yeah. They're, they're much better at the hips and the, uh, the ACL. The, those things used to put guys out. Sometimes they would never return. Now they're back out 10 months. You know, so would you possible. say that's a, is it, are we to a point where we have, they have bionic bodies? Or maybe we are. That's coming. Like it's a huh? matter of time. That's crazy. Yeah. You're uh, like a $6 million man. You're probably too young to remember the $6 million. I, I remember him, but I never, uh, I never like watched the show. Yeah. I loved that show when I was a kid. Steve Austin, right? Yeah. Yeah. $6 uh -huh. million man. I love that show. Huh. Uh, so we talked about 9-11, and I, I think that because it, it is always tough, dude. People are, are like, man, you're, you're a traitor. You're an asshole. That's heartless. How could you say that? It's like, well, and you, when you just have a completely objective view and when, when you connect the dots from the other stuff, like, well, this is what these people are involved in elsewhere, and the same people, you know, it, it, the reptilian brain – so why would somebody say you're a traitor? Oh, dude, you know, I've been like, called, like now if you're saying, I don't think someone should come and say I know it was this, I know it was that, that because you don't know for sure. But if you're saying, well, what about this? You know, is it? And you're saying, you know, some, and you're just investigating and asking questions. Then what's wrong with that? And, I agree. You know, I don't think you should say you know. Because you don't know for sure. You know, you know what you know, and a lot of this we don't know. And I mean, yeah, like people, I know in my heart that this is what happens. Like, 
I hope that I've never said that. Now, I know in my heart that these people that the people that are, you know, the schism force that runs the world, I know in my heart that they don't have our best interest at hand, but uh, I'm not going to say they use, therm, you know, absolutely for sure they use thermonuclear. It's just, uh, I like to say that, I like to say, like, I resonate to this theory. You know what I mean? Oh, or maybe they do think they have our best interest and, and we don't agree with their thinking. And maybe, you know, in their mind, this is in the best interest in the long run, even though we don't see it, you know? So uh, basically what, what Trump is the first U.S. sitting president to set foot on North Korean soil. Um, I, then naturally me, the only thing I'm interested in is what Tucker Carlson said, something about Kim Jong-un being uh, having emphysema. He could barely walk. He was like wheezing so bad. Uh, North Korea it, it just fascinates the shit out of me. Like, like what the fuck is that country? You know, like, how, Crazy, right? dude, have you ever read like what they teach those kids and how, like those people worship the Kims. They believe they have superpowers. They believe that they can walk through walls. They believe they yeah. can hear them. Oh man. If, if you are like tried for treason in North Korea, like if, if I was tried for treason in North Korea, they would eliminate my, the generation above me and the generation below me. All my siblings, they basically eradicate your bloodline. Right. I mean, it's, it's amazing crazy. how they're able to keep control over an entire population. And the only way to do it is like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Put so man. much fear into them and they close down their internet and don't give them access to the outside world. And I wonder, like, how is a weird thing, man. Oh, dude, definitely. I mean, it, their perception, I mean, that's their perception. Your perception is your reality, you know? Yeah. What, uh, I mean, you have to wonder, like, what they say. If they say that they're the only country on planet Earth and that Kim Jong un is, is the godhead, how do they, like, justify him meeting Trump? And what do they say? Who is Trump? You know, what do they say? Well, wait, you're saying they say that that's the only country? Yeah, like, basically, they say that there's nothing outside of North Korea. Like, he's the, he's the, the god of planet Earth. I mean, yeah. I, I just want to know, like, how they explain other countries and, and the Olympics and shit like that. What, like, how did they explain the Olympics to their people? What did they say they were like, are, are they saying? Well, that those people must know there's other countries. You would have to think. I right? mean, they, cause they, they, like the other day they saw in the newspaper in Korea, they were showing he meets with, you know, president Trump and they know there's other countries. I, I watched a documentary one time and they were talking about, they were showing how they have all the, how they portray America and how America's going to nuke us, and they're showing pictures of these things, and they, they still remember all about the Korean War. So, I mean, so they know there's other countries. I mean, maybe they put a perception of them that they're irrelevant or they're evil. But I what if they say telling the, them that they're the only country that there is? Yes. Like, if, if Kim Jong-un's God, then that would make, like, America would be a demon, and maybe you could say, like, England's another demon. You know what right. I mean? Maybe they, yeah, we are the devil. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I mean, look, look what we do in this country i mean jesus mm -hmm. iran's the devil mm -hmm. so you watched argo what, what last week two weeks ago? i did yeah what did you think about that movie that was interesting i never you know i remember and that must have been what late 70s mid 70s yeah. something like that mm -hmm. i remember growing up as a little kid and the uh, the yellow ribbons and you know i was too young to really follow what was going on but i knew i remember the iran hostage thing 
And I remember everybody having like the yellow ribbons on their doors and they were all over like the trees in, you know, down in town when I was a little kid. But it's just amazing the type of uh, how they got those people out of there. But I never heard that story. And how they used such a silly concept of we're going to go in and say we're making a movie, you know, and the, the types of things we've done. It was pretty cool. The CIA came up with that. Like the CIA came up with that idea. It's like, holy shit, you know, that's just. Yeah, well, who was that guy? He was for, he wasn't actually CIA, that guy, right? He was in some other group, had some initial, I was a little confused. You talking about Ben Affleck's character? Yeah, the guy who actually went in and got them out. I don't know, actors. So that's fascinating, too. Like, maybe he wasn't actually CIA. He was like a subcontracted out, right? Yes. And they approved it, but he, he came from some other group. That's that. That's the shit. Like, I want to know, like, what group is that? You know, like, yeah, what? They, I, I forget what it was. They they had some initial for it. He was from like, you know, whatever it was, ARP or something. And I didn't really know what was. And then I understand that CIA was approving it. But I'm like, well, what group? What group? It's is just that? like, uh, remember the Transformers movies where they had Sector Seven? It was like another branch of the government. Yeah, I didn't see the movies. <laughs> yeah, like basically it was a top secret branch yeah. military aspect of the government, Sector Seven, just like that. You know. Right. Have you ever heard of the Solar Warden? The Solar Warden? Yeah. No. Okay. Who the fuck next is that? episode. Next episode, we're going to talk about the Solar Warden. It's basically right. uh, the secret space project. It's supposedly where the what twenty trillion dollars has been invested into, and we're talking like deep space fleets. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the black yeah. budget, all those yes. trillions of dollars that we don't yes. know where they are. Yes. And, and yeah. speaking of which, like, what did they say? There was three trillion stolen or taken from the Pentagon the day before nine eleven, uh, and right. where the where the missile hit or whatever, where the plane hit on um, the Pentagon, where's where all those auditors were working to hmm. audit the. I mean, isn't that that's ironic too, huh? Yeah, I know that they um they said they couldn't account for like a couple of trillion dollars, just you know, counting error. You know, it's a fucking a gone. Trillion dollars. Like I lose a twenty here and there, but like a t- trillion dollars. Uh, that's, that's some just, shady shit going on. Right? I, dude, I was listening to Joe Rogan yesterday, and they were, and this is an old episode, but Congress talking about how they wanted to be exempt from insider trading. It's like, if you have to be ex- like, if you have to ask to be exempt from insider trading, like, how much are you doing? How much insider yeah. trading are you doing? You know, I'm not yeah. going out there saying like, hey, <clears throat> I want, uh, I want all this shit decriminalized like that would probably implicate me in being involved in some of that shit you know i mean it's just i often wonder how much uh you know every time trump can send out a tweet and just one tweet can send a fucking stock down you know this many points and then changing something next day and it going up he's got all these business buddies that he sits in his room at night on the phone with we know this. We know he's doing it. They don't want to, but he sits on his phones and he talks to Hannity and he talks to this one and he talks to all his business buddies. You know, he, he, he's got all kinds of shit going on. How easy it for him to say, hey, yeah, you know, I'm going to tweet this tomorrow and someone to get in and out of the stock. I'm going to put more sanctions on, on China. Boom, stock crashes the next day. Okay, I'm going to buy him more time. All he's got to do is tell somebody he's going to do that. Isn't it all they can just, make millions and millions of dollars overnight. Yeah. It, it's just basically, what do they say? The market is... And we don't even know what based. stocks he owns because he won't tell us anything. No. Dude, oh, I'll, I'll send you an article that kind of talks about who owns Trump's debt. It's, it's pretty freaky. But, you know, he has Stephen Munchen as his treasury secretary, which is another 
dude, it's amazing to me when these presidents come in, you know, the president leaves, a new president comes in, but the same like Goldman Sachs, uh, Bilderberg Group, Council yeah. on Foreign Relations, like scumbags surround the same people, you know? Like Michael yeah. Bolton is his... And it's amazing how he, he got on Hillary for doing Goldman Sachs speeches and saying pay to play. And he goes right in and he brings in the swampiest lobbyists. Right. His, his administration is swampier than anybody. He brings in all the money, all the same shit. Anything he complains about, he does it to the, his idea is, his thought is, everybody does this. This is the way it works. You know, she's been so, he's fucking, I'm going to do it. He don't care. No. I, it, yeah. Now, he, he, I don't think he does, man. Uh, I, it, it kind of, I was somewhat him when he was talking about the Federal Reserve, auditing them and talking about the JFK files. But since then, it's like, dude, he's playing the game. Yeah, we'll see. He might. Yeah. He might not. Now, if he doesn't, uh, watch out for that, that Castro. What is his name? Uh, one of the Castro brothers. They have been grooming him for a long time. You saw him at the 08 Democratic National Convention. I think he's had had a speech at every Democratic National Convention for I'm excited. I like it. I, I think it's I think this is gonna be really good. We have a I can see a lot of topics that we're gonna get into. I wanna talk about uh preview some of the things that we wanna get into. I wanna talk about UFOs and, and aliens and get your thoughts on that. Ah, we're back. We are back on the Drew World Order. A subsidiary, do I really have to say this every time? Of the New World Order? Not really. Okay, so back we are on the show. Hey, first thing, I was thinking about this on the break. You mentioned that you wanted to interview the professor, and I I asked him about it. He's down at the fireworks stand right now working with Rachel. Oh, okay. Uh, but he said he's interested. He would love to uh, do an interview. He, he, as long as Ted Koppel's not there, he hates Ted Koppel. Like he cannot stand Ted Koppel. Uh, so as long as you don't bring Ted Koppel, we're we're good. Um, okay, good. Uh, real quick, what I'd like to give a shout out to Rachel, who's working the fireworks stand in my stead right now. Um, also the professor who's down there with his toga and his diaper, um, working the fireworks stand. Doug and Carolyn Griffith for their upgrade of my microphone and the microphone stand. Um, I should be getting a backdrop, a cool one like yours, in the next week or so. Uh, who else we got to give a shout out to? Barack Lesnar, obviously, for his plug um, on the show. And uh, Butterfly Blurt. I think it's Butterfly, Butterfly Braids, another fantastic show. Uh, she's based somewhere in Midtown Manhattan, I think. Um, shout out to podcasts everywhere because as you say it's the let's see what did you say you haven't you said you haven't listened to a radio program when was it tell me about your your podcast experience oh my god i haven't listened to regular radio and probably oh man probably 15 years or so i turned off the radio no shit yeah do they it. say that uh podcasts like what is it there's 619 thousand some podcasts yeah 600 some thousand 700 thousand some of them are dead you know yeah, Some people stop doing it. A lot of people start and then stop. There's just so many now. And there's a lot I mean, of bad ones too, like terrible. Oh, so many bad. There's some really, really good ones and some really, really bad ones. 
And it's like every goddamn name in the world. I was trying to think of names. And every time I thought I had a good name, I would pop it into a search and it would, somebody used it, you know, no shit. it was driving me nuts. Well, I think somebody's used mine before, but I, yeah. I was like, well, this will be the real one, deal. One of my early names was see you next Tuesday. Uh-huh. It's like, we'll do a weekly show. We'll do it on yeah. Tuesday. At the end, we'll say, okay, see you next Tuesday. Somebody took it. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. We, so yeah. as we get going on this, I think we've talked about this. What are we going to try to do? We're going to try to do at least two episodes a week. Um, we could try. It's, it's harder than you think. Yeah. It's, it takes a lot of time, the editing and putting it together. And, you know, mm-hmm. so if you think we could do two, we'll do. I, maybe we'll start with one. Yeah. What, uh, and I think usually when do I release these on Wednesday or Thursday, I think sounds about accurate. So we'll try to stay, uh, I guess, consistent in that regard. But, uh, there, like Nico said before the break, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of topics, the, the rabbit hole, a lot of topics. it's, it's limitless. So, um, okay. Very light. There you go. All right. So tell me about what you think about Kansas. Um, being a New Yorker, our only perspective of Kansas is the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> like we, we still, in my mind, it's still 1940 and it's black and white over there, and you're out in the cornfield, you know, and that's really because really, what happens there? We know no, we know nothing about Kansas. Well, I would, I could confirm a few things. Um, there is a cornfield. Right over here, really? like literally, <laughs> yes. Um, black and white. There are certainly some counties. Uh, is is marijuana? Is it legalized in New York or recreational? Uh, medical marijuana is now. Okay. I actually have a prescription myself. No shit. Okay. Um, but it's only vape oil. You can't even even with the prescription, you can't go and buy actual bud, but you can buy the vape oil and vape it. Well, you can get pills, but who the hell wants that? So is the vapor oil, um, does it have THC or is it CBD? It's uh, both. No shit. You can get high THC, low THC. Yeah. Huh. So you can get the vapor oil, but they won't sell you the bud for some reason or other. Um, I heard recently they were voting on it. it it'll, it'll, it'll probably be legal soon. It's just a matter of time. Dude, that, like they are holding their stance here. Like everybody around us, all the states, but Kansas is like, we can't figure out how to, you know, solve some of these budget shortfalls. Like, ah. Uh, Hello. Uh, hello. <laughs> you know, but they don't even want to entertain that idea. It's, I don't get yeah. it, man. I don't get it. Yeah. You're one of those backwood states, man. You're way back. You're like 30 years behind everybody. Right? That's the truth. Uh, I mean, that's our perception of it. <laughs> and maybe, maybe that's why, like, maybe when, well, that's why I'm considered like a little bit like, Ooh, you're weird, dude. You know, like right. just ahead of the curve. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe. Uh, Bitcoin, you, you mentioned cryptocurrency. Do you have any? Yeah. I do. I have a little bit, not, not a ton, you know, I have maybe a couple of thousand dollars worth of uh, a little Bitcoin, a little of this, you know, I bought a couple of little alts to throw the shit up against the wall. And to me, they're like buying a lottery ticket, you know, I know people like to trade them and they go up and down. I don't really mess with that, but I got a little bit of Bitcoin, a little bit of Litecoin. And last week, man, last week it went wild. Did you see the market? Yes, last dude, it's fucking off it? the charts like, like recently. Oh my God. You know, a lot of people call Bitcoin, uh, digital gold you know it's like a store of value like a digital gold and to me it's more like digital crack you know because <laughs> when that when that market starts going man i'm like 
checking it every five minutes. Oh, I gotta get more. I gotta get more. <laughs> Dude, yes, that's that was me too, man. Absolutely. Yeah, but I, you know, about a, I was probably about a year ago when I first got it. You know, I I decided though, let me start learning to trade. You know, and I only did it a little bit because I'm smart enough to know I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So my trades were only like a hundred dollars worth at a time. You know, so I was only making, and I'm like, well, let's just pretend this was a thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars, and and I'm working with a hundred bucks, you know. And I would buy some at night, and then I would, I'd get on the thing, and I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna put a, a sell order in. If it hits, if it goes to ten eight, you know, and I had a feeling, bam, went to ten eight, and then I'm like, okay, boom, put an order in. You know, if it drops to this, I'll buy more. And I was doing it, and I, you know, I'm making like three dollars at a clip, a dollar, two dollars, you know. But I'm just pretending it was a lot of money. 24 hours a day standing, staring at the goddamn computer. That's why I call it digital crack. And yeah. A buddy of mine is really into it. was like, dude, you're not going to beat this market unless, you know, it's like just buy a little, hold it, wait for a long, long swing. And it was driving me nuts, so I stopped. What's I got a few the, thousand dollars worth. I'm sitting on it. What's the term they say? Hoddle? Hold on for dear life? You know? Yeah, oh, I, lo I love that term, man. Do you know yeah. where that came from? Where? Oh, you know, I actually have the image here. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Okay. It's, it's a goddamn funny story. I, when I first, when I first got into Bitcoin, I kept hearing that term hodl. And I'm like, what the fuck is this hodl? You know, and people say it's hold on for dear life. But where it came from, oh, I thought I had the image. That's all right. There was a post many, many years ago. And the guy says, uh, Bitcoin right now is uh, 10,708. It's taken a little bit of a stumble in the last week. God, I thought it didn't it get up to like 13,000. Yeah, it went all the way up uh, from like 10 something one day. The next morning, it was like 11.1. By like that night, it hit like 13.7. Jesus. And then dropped. I think about $2,000 in about 15 minutes. Wow. Dropped back down to around 11. And then since then, in the last week, it's been slowly dropping from that low, low to mid 11s. It went dip just under 10 this morning one time when I checked. It hit like 98, 99. Yeah, really? and then... That is extremely volatile. That, I mean, wow. Yeah, that's why they say hodl. <laughs> when it when it was on its way up last time, it got up near around ten. It started pulling back. I put a number in my head of sixty five. Like if it dropped down to sixty five, I was going to buy a thousand dollars worth. So I had a feeling. I'm like, okay, if it's on its way up, I my gut told me it's going to get up near that twelve thirteen range again. But it was up at like nine. I'm like, I'm not going to buy here. And I did what they tell me to do. Put a number you're comfortable in, and I I said sixty five. It didn't drop that low. It went to around seventy one. And then shot up to 13.7 is what it is. Now it's at nine. I'm trying to pick a new number. People are saying eight, nine, six. I'm like, I don't know. I haven't picked my number yet. I'm probably going to pick a number between six and seven, maybe eight-ish. And if it pulls back to there, I might throw another thousand in and hope it gets to 12 and sell it. Well, now you'd saying that probably just. Which you'd only make a little bit, but yeah, try yeah. to make a trade, you know. Uh, what else? Ethereum is at 289.54. Litecoin is at 119.14. Yeah. Uh, oddly, Litecoin has not been following 
like as much, you know, they always seem to follow Bitcoin, but it seems to be lagging behind. I don't know why. They're all linked to the Bitcoin network. I know, I think Neo, I love Neo. I, I, I think that's one of the only ones I still have. Neo's at 1788 right now. Neo at one point got up to $200 uh, a coin. Uh, and wow. I don't know about you, like IOTA is another one. It's coming in right behind Neo at, as far as market cap. Uh, it's at 39 cents or 40 cents right now. I think the technology, like the blockchain technology is what, that's certainly what intrigues me. I don't know necessarily if it's the cryptocurrency aspect, but it is, I mean, it's, it's a weird it's an algorithm that it's just a weird, weird technology. And it, yeah, I yeah mean, the it's Pentagon, an interesting technology. And I, yeah. I don't understand it that well. Some people say are in it because they're just into the technology. I'm into it really just for an investment and kind of sit on it and see where it goes, you know, long term. Hey, I, I believe in it. I think it may go somewhere. And if, if in five years it's, it's worth 30 grand instead of uh, eight, you know, and they made a couple of dollars, and what the hell, you know? Well, and dude, the, the, the principles of supply and demand, I mean, what, there's 17 and a half million or around 18 million Bitcoin mined so far, and they right. say that they're only going to mine 21 million until... And that's it. Yeah, I, I think it's till like 100 and... They're 2165 or something like that is when they'll yeah. mine another 21 million. But the so. laws of su su supply and demand, basically, I mean, the principles of supply and demand would... Yes. insinuate or you know it, it we know it, we know the supply yeah is gonna end yeah so it's just a matter of if the demand keeps up mm -hmm. you know it could either die you know bitcoin could die the demand could die and it could go to shit but if it's still here in 10 years and the demand grows it's going to be worth a lot of fucking money Especially like without the, there's just supply and demand. It has yeah. to be. So it's we know we know the supply is finite. And then what if you take you know that and then you you take in it like let's say that the Federal Reserve, uh, the United States dollar dies, or yeah. there's a new currency. Uh, that's when you're talking Bitcoin. That's when you're really talking. Yeah, some the, people say it could go to a hundred thousand, yeah, a million. You know, I I probably have a friggin' half a Bitcoin, but you know. Hey, if it goes to a hundred thousand and I got fifty thousand dollars, I'll be happy. <laughs> no. So anyway, the hodl. I wanted to tell you what that was. So yes. I, I researched what the fuck hodl was. I'm like, what is this hodl? You know, and people say it's hold on for deal life, but it goes back to a post in 2013. Okay, and I'm I'm going to read a little bit of it from the. The guy was drunk. I'll just read it. I typed this twice because I knew it was wrong the first time. Still wrong. What the fuck? My girlfriend's out at a, les at a lesbian bar. Bitcoin is crashing. Why am I holding? I'll tell you why. It's because I'm a dread bad trader, and I know I'm a bad trader. Yeah, you bet good traders can spot the highs and the lows and pity patty wing wong wang just like that and make a million bucks. Sure, no problem. Likewise, the weak hands like me go, oh, no, it's going down. I'm going to sell. He, he, he. And now we're like, oh, my God, asshole. And the smart traders, you know what the fuck they're doing? Buy back into it. And you know what? I'm not part of that group. When the leaders buy back, and he goes on and on, okay? It's some fucking drunk guy. His that girlfriend's at a lesbian bar. <laughs> He's pissed off because fucking Bitcoin's crashing. But the funny part to this is 2013, okay? Bitcoin was probably, I, I, 
remember looking this up. I think it was going when he did this, it dropped from like 300 and something dollars down to like a hundred and something. And he says, fuck you. I'm going to hodl. And you know what? Everyone laughed at him, but this motherfucker, now it's sitting at 10 grand. Mm-hmm. So laugh as much as you want. This hodler, if he, if he had five Bitcoin, then who's laughing now? I can't. <laughs> that, that's that, where it comes from. The whole thing. Basically post that went viral. This dude's world was crashing down among him, and he said, fuck it. I'm going down with the ship. I'm yep. holding. I'm hodling. And, I, and he was right. He says, because you good traders are going to do this and fuck this. I'm going to hodl. You're goddamn right. Didn't I'm sitting here with a, with a bottle of Jack. He goes, my girlfriend's out at a lesbian bar, and BTC is crashing. <laughs> but I'm holding. <laughs> that person, I, I mean, that dude was not a conditional-based that's something that fascinates me too is like that guy he didn't panic uh i mean out of desperation that's he neither here nor there but he gets the last laugh you know yeah <laughs> what's what, it right i guarantee he probably still owns some too you know yeah huh. oh he probably still has it dude i can't believe that that i i think i remember that story but i can't believe that that was born out of a drunk dude's yeah. Bad. It's amazing when so, it's amazing when something so simple goes viral, you know. Right? It, yeah. I mean, now I have a shirt that says "Hoddle" on it. I really? Yeah, I bought a Hoddle shirt. I had to. When I heard that, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get a Hoddle shirt. I think I'll have to buy one too now. Yeah, I ordered it up on Amazon. Uh, do you own Monero or Dash? Um, I think I might have a little Monero. I have like not a lot of these old coins. I know I have some. ADA, your Cardano. I got this quant stamp one that my cousin was into. A little bit of TRX. I made a couple hundred dollars each of a bunch of those. I bought them. I took them. I put them on a ledger, and I threw it in the safe. You have a You got the Nano Ledger S. Yeah. Nice, dude. That's what I have too. Yeah, that seems to be what everybody does. Yeah. I just pulled them off. I don't even know exactly what I have. They're on a ledger, and they're in the safe. And, and I said, eh. I'll throw them in there. So it's $1,000 worth of shit. If one of these things blows up, I don't even know exactly what I have. I, I, and my, it's in my brother's safe. And I told him, hey, if anything ever happens to me, take this ledger, call my cousin, because he knows how to use it, and see what the hell's on there. <laughs> and now you're talking like... This is a, it might be $10. It might be ten grand. Well, you're getting all those derivative coins, too. You're getting all the, the Bitcoin, the hard, uh, what are they called, the hard splits. You're getting all those derivative coins. Uh, right. It, Neo, they give you gas just for owning and keeping Neo on uh, on your on your private uh, on your private wallet because you have the private keys. Uh, so you're accumulating that shit, whether or not it goes up, down. Really? It, it, you know, I don't. I, I don't know anything about all this. Yeah. Coins, so. Well, I'll 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 inform you. You like? I'm trying to think. I'll look up all the derivative coins for some of the ones you mentioned. Do you have coin? Like, what is it? Uh, what's the app on my phone where I usually buy this stuff? What is Coinbase. it? Uh, yeah, Coinbase. And dude, yeah. they are adding more and more every day, man. Yeah. Like it, they just used to have Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin, but now they got all kinds of crap. I have some on here. Here's my Coinbase. Yeah, you can't really see that, right? It's just white. No yeah. shit. Okay. Yeah. Just whites out. I got, How long? Uh, uh, I was. I originally was going to call it the uh, the Chicken and Xanax show. <laughs> he thought i was too fucking crazy i made a logo and everything yeah i was i was having a really bad day one day 
those fucking anxiety attacks and stressed out, you know, not being able to work in the bed, you know. And I was having a piece of chicken and I'm like hungry. I'm like, I think I need a fucking Xanax right now. And I just took a Xanax out and I put it on the plate next to a piece of chicken <laughs> and I snapped a photo of it. <laughs> and then I wrote the chicken and Xanax show around it. And that was my original name, but he thought it was too fucking people are gonna know what that is. I'm like, cause it's just funny, man. Right, you are. Hey, have you ever seen uh, that show, Ex Most Extreme Elimination Challenge, on no, Spike no. Teeth? Oh man! And I, I, uh, I started signing up for Hulu last night to watch that show you referenced. So I'll, uh, I'll get well versed on that shit. Yeah, it's a good show. Symbolism and like the occult, and you talked about the day Osama bin Laden was killed. It was May first. What was it? Twenty, uh, twenty thirteen or fourteen? He was. He actually. Obama announced his death on the Beltane festival it's an ancient pagan ritual to you know the the devil uh mm. and man now i'm just thinking about nag hamadi texts and we are going to get into some strange strange stuff in this show and the thing i talked about in the last episode i take it if you don't like it don't like it um what i hope to do and what we hope to do is maybe help you get an understanding of there's a reason why the world is so fucking crazy because you go out and you meet everyday people. I mean, I've been sitting in a fireworks tent for four days straight. People are not that mean. They're not that, you know, people are not that bad. So why the fuck is the world so crazy? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, so that's kind of what some of the stuff we, we, we're going to get into the show. Now it's the 4th of July. And some of this stuff for me rings a little bit more true because of what Independence Day is supposed to represent. Um, you, we could have a lot of debate on the forefathers. I mean, Thomas Jefferson owned slaves and impregnated his slaves. And uh, what, what did they mean versus what they wrote? That's neither here nor there. But I do believe that every person on planet Earth was sent here for a reason. And we should all have the right to people that want to fuck with people's perception and try to have power over them. It's like Carl Sagan said, you know, emperors fighting emperors on other halves of the, the earth over the small fractions of a pale of a dot. We're just a speck of dust in the universe, you know? Yeah. That's why ego and some of the shit that happens on planet earth, like we should not be killing our own kind. And the people are like, well, if they're not Anglo-Saxon, kill the rest of the brown ones. Like that is the most ignorant, like, you know what I mean? That's just yeah. ignorance. And oh. I, I can't stand that shit. Uh, so <laughs> remember Independence Day? The movie where Bill Pullman yes. gives that awesome speech right before he's like, today, the, the 4th of July would no longer be known as an American holiday, but as, a, as the day when the world came together and said, we will not go silently, silently into the night. Isn't it sad that the best president we've ever had was a fictional president? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a brave new world. Um, yeah, it's a brave new world. So... What uh, what do you think we'll talk about in the next episode? What where do you want to go on the next episode? We covered a lot of interesting stuff today. Oh, there's a lot of directions we could go in. Um, what let's, do you want to cover next week? I want to let's let's like dissect Trump's uh, cabinet and let's let's go over some of the Goldman yeah. stocks and and the the cronies that have always influenced Washington and how he okay. just surrounded himself with that shit. Well, we'll do some current stuff. We'll do a yeah. little bit of Trump. Let's and maybe we'll. We'll get into a little bit of Iran, yes, and definitely. North Korea, mm -hmm. and uh, tie it in with some China, and we'll do a little bit of current 
geopolitics and tie it into some of your stuff. And I will bring some information on Herbert Walker Bush and when he was the ambassador to China. Like China's kind of the blueprint for uh, that's kind of what they want from the world, you know. Uh, and we'll talk about and the China, Georgia. And China's a crazy place. Yes, dude. I mean, it's just weird, man. Just weird. They're very strange. I've, I've researched them, you know, with my weird YouTube things and stuff. Do you know they eat, like, they make plastic rice there, and they eat fake rice, and they make fake eggs? They're not what? even, like, real eggs. Yeah, and there's fake cities. Like, there's cities that, like, the whole areas that, like, look like New York City, but they're completely empty. And, and they have all these stores, like, they make, like, yeah, they do, there's a lot of weird shit that goes on in China. To that too. So now that like that makes me that reminds they, me they make this. fake eggs. Like we're not even talking genetically modified. We're talking totally like modified. Oh, completely like, fake. Like they're making they're, eggs in a factory. Like if you don't want to eat on the street there, and then making fake rice pellets and mixing them in with the real rice and all this shit. <laughs> so where does that fit into the transhumanist like agenda? I don't you know, know. We could talk about that too. Uh, it's just crazy. That is nuts, man. Because there's really there's no topic that is off limits when it comes to this schism that is surrounding planet Earth or has infiltrated planet Earth. Because I do believe it's I I call it the schism energy. It's just the opposite. Right. They're inversionists. What they say to you on TV, they mean the exact opposite. Like so, when you have mm -hmm. Herbert Walker Bush say, you know. We have before us a chance to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Uh, he's not talking about like the embodiment of freedom. <laughs> he's talking about right. the embodiment of total tyranny and enslaving humanity. Uh, and whether you want to take it a step farther and talk about is he an archon or is he a hybrid reptilian? Uh, that's where the Zachariah Sitchin and the, the Huntress Thompson and some of the other shit. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Now we're talking. Uh, we'll yeah. Baby steps. Baby steps. Yeah, we can't. I mean, we can't just go right into the reptilians, you know. Uh, right. Uh, I did hear an interview with Bob Lazar this week. On he he talks about how uh, he worked at Area Fifty One for six months. Yes. We'll talk about that. Um, baby Was steps. That on uh, Joe Rogan. Did you listen? Yeah, to I, I did listen to on Joe Rogan. Yeah. Yeah. I've been listening yeah, listen to, to that Joe too. Rogan. Cool. We'll talk about that because baby steps. Uh, yep. Man, what he was saying was blowing my mind. I, I guess what I will wrap up and say is like, if I come to the end of the day and my mind was not blown in some way, as far as like my perception on how it was yesterday, then I don't really think it was a su successful day. I don't like to stay stagnant. And I want my, the things that I resonate to, to be completely torn down. And if they're still there at the end of the day, then like I said, at the opening of the show, then according to Winston Westerman, your argument has some validity and, can therefore maybe withstand the next test. So, Nico yeah. Masters, dude, you are going to be an asset to the show, and I appreciate you being here. Um, thank you for approaching me, and thanks for doing what you've done so far. Uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate yeah, it. For sure. Closing thoughts, my friend. Um, can't wait to meet the professor next week. Oh, he is very excited. He's been texting me wanting to know, like, if the questions are going to be screened. He, he's already asked me, is Ted Koppel going to be there? Fuck Ted Koppel. <laughs> we'll just have him on with us, you know? For yeah, three of us. for sure. Uh, I don't, he's a little shy about being on camera, so he might have to be. We'll, we'll figure it out. I'll make, okay. him, I'll make him be here. So, yeah. all right. Uh, Nico Masters. Nico Masters the World. I guess that's the title of our episode, right? Yes. Cool. This has been a 
production of the Drew World Order. As Nico would say, a subsidiary, not really, of the New World Order. And until next time, remember the prizes of life we fail to win because we doubt the powers within. Take your power back, people. Don't, uh, don't let anybody else di dictate your perception and your view on the world because it is your perception that creates your reality. And we'll get into the nature of reality hardcore too because that kind of is the glue that ties all this shit together. So for Nico Masters, this is Drewbert McDrewbag with the RGDC Channel 5 Newscast and the Drew World Order Podcast signing off. Bye. Goodbye. Thank you.